plans for my crazy day. My packed commute. All those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. <laughs> Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Locked On Jaguars. I'm Ryan O'Halloran. I cover the team for the Florida Times Union. I am taping this on Monday night, so happy Labor Day weekend, everybody. We're going to split this up into a couple segments tonight as Green Bay week gets started. Tepidly, we'll really kick it off on Wednesday. First up, I'll give you an update on the news of the day. Um, the Jaguars are at practice after a three-day break since Thursday's Atlanta game and their first practice since last Tuesday. So we'll catch up on that. And then I will go through Gus Bradley's press conference that I attended and asked a lot of questions about, take you through the locker room, what did I glean from talking to some players. And then my last segment, thanks to all you who uh, answered my call on Twitter, submitted questions. I'm going to do this podcast Monday through Friday. So if you have a question in the middle of the night, I'll get to it. Trust me. And I'll get to it on this podcast. No matter the topic, anything Jaguars, I'll be able to help you out. Uh, I think you may not like the answer, but you at least uh, – be respectful that I at least took the time to answer because most of these questions are pretty good and maybe redundant. So I'll just pick out one or two that are talk, uh, tackling the same uh, same issue. So we'll get started in just a second. Welcome back to Locked On Jaguars. Let's go through Gus Bradley's uh, press conference today. Jaguars went through a non-padded practice on Labor Day. All 53 guys on the roster had helmets. How many times is that going to happen the rest of the year? It's probably going to happen the rest of this week. But that's going to be it. Once the game starts, guys get nicked up. Guys start taking Wednesdays off. So this is you probably need one hand to count 53 for 53. And all 10 practice squad members were also out on the field, so we checked them off. Um, Gus Bradley says they introduced the Green Bay game plan, some of it today. But let's face it, these coaches have been talking about Green Bay since the schedule came out in April. I remember talking to defensive coordinator Todd Walsh in um, early July in his office, and he had two pamphlets on his desk with a big Green Bay logo on it. So they were already thinking about Green Bay, San Diego Week 2, Baltimore Week 3, Indianapolis Week 4 before their Week 5 bye. So, you know, they, they have a foundation. They know what they want to run on both sides. Now it's just about fine-tuning these game plans over the next uh, five days until Saturday's walkthrough and then Sunday's games. Let's go through the highlights of Gus Bradley's press conference today. What I asked him about adding a sixth receiver in Aurelius Ben. Remember Saturday night, general manager Dave Caldwell said that five receivers made more sense than six because of how many you could have active on game day. Well, a day later, they add a sixth, and they have three on the practice squad, which is really weird. A common theme for Gus Bradley today was special teams. Aurelius Ben does that well. Marqueston Huff. Arthur Brown off waivers. He mentioned very good special teams players. The Jaguars ranked 29th covering punts and dead last covering kickoffs in the preseason. And you might say, well, some of those guys are on the street right now, are on the practice squad. I grant you that. But also, a lot of the backups currently on this roster were on special teams throughout these preseason games and gave up some long returns. I asked Gus, is that a concern? Is this a sign that you're concerned about your coverage teams? He gave a he sidestepped it but said, hey, 
He wanted to see improvement. They're trying some different bodies. They hope that getting Ben and Brown in practice today as opposed to Wednesday gives some extra reps and guys can you know uh, start working together on these uh, special teams. One last thing on Huff. He's suspended for the first game, but I'm glad I clarified this. He can be in the building. He can talk to the coaches, attend meetings. He just can't uh, practice or play. So it's not like they'll be starting from scratch when he's eligible to return after the Green Bay game. Next topics for Gus um, is Josh Johnson and Jared Wilson. Long shots when camp started. Josh Johnson last year was playing in Canada for the British Columbia Lions. Jared Wilson last year at this time was playing for Michigan in the Big Ten. Under the radar side is Josh. I remember, signed, remember writing the brief on him. He signed in mid-February before free agency started, before the draft. Jared Wilson signed a couple of days after the draft, um, but they rose up. And you know, one thing that uh, Gus said is flexibility in terms of the positions. Josh Johnson can play uh, corner, but he said eventually they may start using him as um, a backup safety. He can also play inside over the slot receiver. So for a guy like Josh Johnson, the more you can do, the more things you can uh, get good at, the more longer you're going to stay on the roster. As for Jared Wilson, Gus pointed out his instincts, called them very good. He said, quote, for a player to come here and learn strong safety and free safety and pick it up quick, pretty impressive. And, and that's where he's on the roster. He probably wasn't going to make it just as a free safety. Peyton Thompson had that second spot locked down. When James Sample went on IR last week, the backup strong safety, the Jaguars had to make a choice. They knew what they had in Josh Evans. They were intrigued by Jared Wilson, so they stuck with Wilson, and that really was a, a move that I agreed with. Wilson now is working at backup strong safety exclusively this week. Um, next topic was Miles Jack. Played weak side linebacker against the Falcons. Out of position on a couple plays, but I was told he still made the play. That shows he has athleticism, and I think he's got very good instincts. I asked Gus, how important is it for, to get Miles involved on defense on Saturday or on Sunday? And keep in mind, I asked him. What I didn't ask him, is he starting? That's not a way to ask a question, journalism majors. You sort of dance around it a little bit and see if you can get the right answer. So I asked Gus, um, how important is it to get him a little bit of time on defense to get more comfortable? Gus looked at me and says, ask me later in the week, which I thought was pretty funny uh, because Gus also said he's working at weak side uh, linebacker this week instead of backup middle. So backup Will behind Talvin Smith. Ultimately, what I think is going to happen on Sunday is I don't know what's going to happen on Sunday with Miles Jack. Um, I think the best case, the most likely case scenario is he – See some time at Nickel Will and Telvin Smith comes off the field. And just wanted to see if my recorder was still running there, and it is. Um, so I think they want to give Miles a taste of the defense in game situations, and then slowly but surely, maybe he challenges Telvin Smith. I wouldn't run Telvin Smith out of town just yet. He did have a lot of tackles last year. He does have a lot of athleticism. So maybe he has taken to the coaching. Maybe he has improved. So I think Talvin still has a role on this defense. I also asked Gus about Josh Sitton, released from the Packers, shockingly, on Saturday. He signed with the Bears on Sunday night, a uh, multi-year deal. To me, that means the Jaguars, they were never going to give Josh Sitton more than one year. I asked Gus, did the team discuss Sitton at all? He says, not to me. 
Well, people say, well, maybe they discussed it in-house. Well, of course they did because he's a free agent. They discuss all these guys. But the fact that they didn't get to the head coach's office means there really wasn't a consideration. My guess is they feel he's sitting as going to be a guy who will be more susceptible to injury as his career goes on, and he's already in in the 30 range. So that – I don't know if uh, people say would you agree or disagree. I'll get to, the, dis, get to this in some of the questions later, but it um, uh, maybe more of an effort. I mean, I thought they mis- made a mistake in not going after Josh Norman with all their might. By the time they got around to talking about Norman, he was already on a plane to go see the Redskins, and he didn't leave the building. The same thing ha- happened with Sitton. Once these guys visit a place, they rarely leave without a signature. Finally, from Gus is – script in the uh, offense. I'm going to write about this later in the week, but he says he's involved in it. Mostly, I think he just wants to know what they're running, so he's not surprised. But, you know, this offense needs to be better out of the gate. They scored one touchdown on their opening drive last year. They did well to open the second half, so maybe they can replicate some of that, maybe some tempo, maybe some uh, simplifying of the scheme a little bit. So, because it's important for this team you're never, you're never going to know how good a defense is until they can play the lead and they can call some of their own stuff instead of playing on their heels and you know playing from behind. So I think the first drive in the first quarter for this team this year is going to be very important. When we get back, I'll take you on a lap of the locker room. Welcome back to Locked On Jaguars. I'm Ryan O'Halloran. I just want to plug a couple of the other Locked On podcasts. Obviously, this week, Jaguars playing Green Bay, so I want to uh, – so you should listen to Locked On Packers with Bill Huber. Also, Locked On NFL with Matt Williams. A lot of fantasy players. Locked On Fantasy NFL, that's Vinny Iyer. And this has become a 365-day beat now in the NFL draft. So you can listen to Locked On NFL Draft with uh, Kyle Cribs and Joe Marino. Go to iTunes, just search those. That's how I find them. And uh, hopefully that's how you found uh, Locked On Jaguars. And you know, obviously I'll tweet out every broadcast. Real quick, want to take a lap of the locker room. I talked to a couple of guys today, uh, mainly Chris Reed and Josh Johnson. There were two guys that I didn't have making the roster, uh, so I went and ate some crow with those guys, and they're both good about it. Um, Chris Reed, interesting story, undrafted free agent last year out of uh, Minnesota State in Mankato, um, a Division II school. As he admitted last year, he was just learning about the pro game, and one thing he said that he got better last year, even though he was on the practice squad and coming from a small school, he had school, football, track and field. He goes, I was distracted. And uh, he had a full season on the practice squad. I think where Chris Reed started his foundation this preseason is he started against the Jets at left guard. He played the entire game there. Um, I helped his stock, and he said that gave me a lot of confidence. Uh, they trusted me to be the starter, and it really helped playing the whole game. I hadn't done, a long, I hadn't done that in a long time to get into that mode. He said, I learned a lot going against some great competition. Uh, right now, Reed is playing left guard and right guard in practice. And I asked him, how do you refocus now the thrill of making the team with now you have a job to do? He said, um, it's all about practice. Find the things I'm weak on and work on them, end quote. Quote, I have, a re- I have to be ready to be the next guy up. I have to know everything the starters know and be mentally into it all the time. The Jaguars chose, chose to keep Chris Reed over veteran Mackenzie Bernadou. I was a little surprised at that since Chris simply hasn't played. Um, so from the Jaguars' perspective, you sort of hope he doesn't play for a little bit. Josh Johnson, we mentioned him in the first segment. Uh, great story. I said, did you get a good news call or did you get a good news no call? And he laughed and said, 
He was looking at his watch. Four o'clock came. He hadn't gotten a call. He took that as good news. And a little while later, he got a text uh, congratulating him from an assistant coach here. He said when he was with San Diego, he went down to the final 30 minutes before he got a call saying he was cut. So he said, sigh of relief. And I'm sure it was. And I asked him, you know, you had the two interceptions, but you also fumbled that kickoff uh, against Atlanta. Were you worried that may impact your status? And he said that uh, Mike Nallery, the special teams coordinator, said, quote, don't worry about it. Just keep playing fast and keep making plays, unquote. And that's what he did. Um, Josh made a good point and said, you know, the reason he made the team was just being consistent. He said he had that pick six against Tampa. And he said if that was the only thing he showed on film, he goes, that would have, quote, been a big disgrace on me, end quote. So he had to show some consistency and show the coaches that they could trust him. And so that was uh, – Josh Johnson's story. When we come back, that was my lap of the locker room. I talked to a couple of guys today. Uh, when we come back, I'll answer your Twitter questions here on Locked on Jaguars. Welcome back to Locked on Jaguars for our final segment. I'm Ryan O'Halloran. If you want to advertise for this, we'd always appreciate a local advertiser. You can uh, tweet me or email me at uh, ryan.o'halloran at jacksonville.com or tweet me at Ryan O'Halloran. Time for some Twitter questions. I'll always take these. These are a good way to um, interact and gain some listeners. So let's hit it. Um, these are all on my Twitter. Jag Boss, could you see Miles Jack replacing Telvin Smith by week five? Not to be funny, week five's a bye, so it's not going to happen then. Um, I could see it by week six in Chicago, but Telvin, Telvin would have to lose the job because he would have to miss tackles. He'd have to be in the wrong place, which, as people watching, we won't know is happening. He could be making all the errors in the world, and only the coaches know about it. So that change could happen unbeknownst to us. So, But, uh, you know, Miles Jack's role, I don't think you're going to see him at middle linebacker this year unless Puzzlesny gets hurt. But he could be challenging Telvin Smith that weak side. But I expect Telvin Smith to start, um, definitely start Sunday against Green Bay. So thanks for the question. Next one. Playmaker 2312. Why haven't we called Robbie Gould yet? <laughs> well, fans are trying to run out Jason Myers after two missed field goals Thursday against Atlanta. This team believes in uh, Jason Myers. Uh, they believed him enough to trade Josh Gobi for a draft pick last August. They stood with him. They stood with uh, Jason Myers through the extra point misses last year. Led the league with seven. The positive is leg strength. He has, he's very good on kickoffs. He has 26 to 30 on field goals. He had a solid preseason up until uh, two misses against Atlanta. One was in the 50-plus range, another one he should have made. So I think there's a long, a long bit of patience for the Jaguars with Jason Myers. From Rick Patel, 94, do you think Joko lasts that guard the whole season? Um, I think he does, bar an injury or barring a train wreck. They really think he can be a good left guard in this league, better than he was as a left tackle. They like his footwork. They like how um, his uh, technique has improved, the play guard. They can handle the strength. And one thing that they point to is last year when the Jaguars played 3-4 defenses, he had to go against big defensive ends who were almost like 4-3 defensive tackles, and he played okay. Um, it's going to be close eye on Luke Jokel starting um, – Sunday against Green Bay, because right now our sample size is one half a play against Cincinnati. He had one minus play, maybe another, but overall I thought it wasn't a complete uh, debacle. 
Huey3108 asked, uh, could Miles Jack play strong safety? Um, he probably could in a pinch, but he's probably a little too big for that. Uh, he definitely would uh, fill that strong safety role playing the run, but how would he be able to do against uh, if he had to cover um, a really athletic tight end or a receiver? I think he's best fit to uh, play linebacker. Um, my guy from Budapest, Hungary, Hungary, IK Triad, he asked uh, two tweets. He asked one question. How concerned are you about the Jaguars starting linebackers? Um, I'm not. Uh, Dan Scuda is a two-down player. Um, he'll play strong side. He'll probably be more of an impact as a pass rusher uh, when he moves the defensive end. Paul Pozlesny, hey, pause is what he is. Not the, It's the worst cliche, but you know what you're going to get from number 51. He Don't ask him to do a lot in man coverage, but there's a reason he comes up with an interception or three every year. He sits back in zone. He can read the quarterback. He's got a great instincts. As long as he keeps on playing solid against the run, he's going to be on the field. Is Telvin's progress slower than expected? Um, that's a tough one because we're not in the film room. Um, should he have made more big plays last year, more tackles behind the line of scrimmage, more interceptions, forced fumbles? That's what's missing. He has a ton of tackles, but this defense is designed for that weak side linebacker to have a ton of tackles. Look at Miles Jack against Atlanta last Thursday. They're you know when they're not blocked, they're fast enough they can fly to the football. So. The next step for Talbot is to force a fumble, blitz and get a sack strip, that kind of stuff. So last question from uh, my guy in Budapest is, what would be the ideal starting three from the current linebackers? I mean, I think pause in the middle gives you your best chance right now. I think Talbot is fine on the weak side. And, you know, do you try Miles Jack at the strong side linebacker spot? They haven't hinted at that. They haven't done that in games. That would be the major uh, surprise if they did that Sunday. So... I think they're in good shape. You know, when they went, when they put Miles Jack out there for every down duty, they want him to be uh, comfortable and effective. And remember, he lost all the offseason because of class schedule. Maybe he's just um, turning that corner where things are becoming uh, comfortable for him. Duval Bill 904. How does the front office justify keeping Dan Scooter or Chris Smith over Tyrone Holmes's potential? Is this a win or else situation? First question. Well, it's a winner else for this coaching staff because if they don't go 500 or better, they're probably moving on. As for keeping Dan Scooter over Chris Smith or Chris Smith over Tyrone Holmes, Dan Scooter doesn't play Tyrone Holmes' position. Uh, Dan's a strong side linebacker. Holmes is a weak side defenseman. So different positions, that's why Scooter stays. As for Chris Smith over Tyrone Holmes, um, Chris Smith played better in the preseason as I talked about on the podcast uh, yesterday, was they took immediate production over maybe a higher-end potential. That shows you the sense of urgency. If Chris Smith is inactive on Sunday, then you can question this move because you should have just kept Holmes then, who probably would have been active. So, you know, fans uh, probably are inflating Tyrone Holmes's play here because he didn't do a lot in the preseason. But um, maybe Chris Smith uh, surprises you and makes a play. WC Jags asked, uh, the team has looked unprepared in the last two game-planned games. Regular season Houston, preseason Cincinnati, should we be concerned? Well, if if our sample size was the Houston regular season game, I don't think they competed that game. That's the first time I could say that during Gus Bradley's three years. Guys were worried about not getting hurt and going on vacation, which is well within their right. I wouldn't have played a lot of starters in that game. 
but me and Hayes Carlion were on an island there. As for the Cincinnati game, I agree. It was a debacle. Um, I'll be more concerned if I was a Jaguar fan if Green Bay doesn't go well than if it does. If, if they play well against the Packers, you could say, okay, maybe they were shocked by the Bengals and uh, that uh, maybe they, it humbled them a little bit. But we'll see. ZS Austin. I sense some shtick here. Is Tyrone Holmes a first ballot guy, or will he have to wait a few years? Actually, I laughed when I cut and pasted this into my Word file. Uh, he's going to have to wait. He's gonna, he may have to wait to play a little bit. Next question is from, is it Huey3108 again? Okay, yeah. What has happened to Fowler in the preseason? Conditioning was said, well, why limit his reps in training camp and games? Good point, Huey. Um, I think the easy answer on limiting his reps in the games is they didn't want to get him hurt. He's their best pass rusher on paper, and they just wanted to get him enough snaps so he could be ready. Um, the conditioning, you make a good point. Gus brought that up. Um, did they give him too many days off during camp? Did they get not give him enough reps when he was in practice? Did they feel like um, he needed to be eased into the regular season? Fowler's going to be interesting to see on Sunday. How much does he play? How effective was he? Against Cincinnati, he looked like he was in a little bit of rut. So thanks for that question. Next one, R. Robinson, 32-183. A lot of numbers in these Twitter names. Um, what happened with Josh Sitton? Did the Jaguars not make a push? Was it unrealistic that they would even have a shot? Well, it wasn't unrealistic because they could have offered him a five-year deal for $8 million a year. He probably would have taken it. That wouldn't have been smart business. Um, I don't think anything ultimately happened with uh, Sitton and the Jaguars. He signed pretty quickly with the Bears, so obviously the wheels were in motion pretty uh, rapidly there. Jags, Knoll, Magic. Jags, Knolls, Magic. I get the three teams there. You ask, uh, pick up John Sullivan and move Linder back to left guard, or at least a, a backup. Are we are we all at all deviating from the plan or willing to do so? Okay, let's take that one by one. John Sullivan was Minnesota's center. They cut him last week. He hasn't resurfaced. He may be a guy that signs with somebody after week one, so his full salary isn't guaranteed. As for moving Brendan Linder, uh, folks, you can keep asking this. They're committed to these five guys until they show that they can't trust them. They like Brandon Linder at center. They feel he's a, their best offensive lineman. And uh, so you're going to, if you see anything happen, it'll be somebody to play guard for Joko if that doesn't work out. Deviating from the plan, I'm not sure what uh, that's referring to, but uh, by not signing a Josh Sitton, they aren't de deviating from the plan. Sports grind, Don. Do you think Gus will be wise enough to take Paws off the field in third down and put Jack there? Not yet. Um, if you had to, you know, corner the coaches, what's 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 best? What's the best plan for the linebackers in nickel? They'd probably say Telvin Smith and Miles Jack. What's the realistic plan? It's Paul Pozlesny and a player to be determined. That could be Telvin. That could be Miles. So, I mean, uh, Paz is going to stay on the field uh, right now. Colt. Cobalt Blue 22. All this angst over the sixth rounder Holmes. Thank you very much. Have you forgotten the sky high potential of seventh rounder Woodard? Uh, Jonathan Woodard, Central Arkansas towards Achilles. He's on the IR. Different position than Holmes. Uh, Woodard is a strong side end, so you'll see him in camp next year. 
Maximus 1016 asks, what's with um, Telvin struggles all of a sudden? I kind of agree with that question slash comment. Um, I don't think they're all of a sudden. Um, he had uh, he bit on a play against the Jets. He was reading Ryan Fitzpatrick's eyes, and he uh, fooled him and threw, threw over the top. Telvin missed 16 tackles last year, so he has to tackle better. That's the key. Uh, Marcus Parsley. Do we see Telvin and Miles on nickel downs early on? Maybe not early on, but I think um, maybe down the road a little bit. Bortle powered. Will 8-8 eight eight get Gus fired? No, it won't unless it's an 8-2 and two turned 8-8. Eight and, eight. and that's what these things on these records are the key. What kind of record is it? Uh, I think 7-9 and nine keeps Gus unless they start 7-0 and oh, or 7-1. and one. Or six and two, and uh, so you got context is required when you're talking about a record. Last question is from Escalade's one. Seems like Dave Caldwell had a change of heart on Ben and Banyard, unless it had something to do with Ben's contract. I like both. Nothing to do with Ben's contract because if it was about money, they wouldn't have signed him until after the Green Bay game, and they would be able to pay him week to week. If he plays Sunday, his salary is guaranteed for the year. And let's face it, it's rookie minimum, so it wasn't financial. Um, not sure what I'm not sure really what they did on the change of heart there. So that's something we'll ask Dave. Uh, we're supposed to get him later in the week. So thanks for all the Twitter questions. When I put out an SOS for you to do it, uh, maybe this will be a feature on Wednesdays during the season. I'll be back uh, for another podcast Wednesday. I'm Ryan O'Halloran of the Florida Times Union. You've been listening to Locked on Jaguars. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst. Analyst.